I've been encouraging the women to not only think about their family and other people, but to also think about what they want. Because when we align our own journey with what we passionately want for ourselves and our goals and following what we love to do, that's going to have a flow on effect to the family as well. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, hello, everyone. So we're back with another Thursday Live, and I'm very happy to say that Michelle Lewis, our Mindset and Reno coach, has joined me today. So welcome, Michelle. Hey, Benedette. Hi, everyone. Great to see you all, and thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So you and I have been having an exciting time talking to all the Wonder Women for their quarterly reviews, and it really... I guess there's been two things that have really struck me. One is how much women think about everyone else when they're looking to improve their life. So I would go so far as to say every single woman has a goal, not just for themselves, but for a member of the family or someone that they love. And like we know it, but it's really, it's good to see it. And it's surprising Like you always think it's your kids, but it's not always the kids. Like obviously they're high on it, all of our priorities, but often it's siblings or parents and, yeah, so that's been one thing that I've found really, yeah, heartening. And the other thing that I really love is that everyone comes to the table with their own special talents and qualities And so that brings a richness to the community. It also sort of, I guess, levels up the collective intelligence in the community. And, of course, the third thing is that they're doing amazing things. And something that I didn't mention to you before we came on, Michelle, is that I've been tallying up the profit that the group has made in 2021. I don't know whether you've been collecting that data as you've been having your call, so we might have to... Just yes, no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so what about you? How's it been for you? Yeah, it's been really fascinating and I think just to add to your point about women thinking of everyone else, I am seeing a little bit of a groundswell of some because we do have single women in our program who don't necessarily have a partner but they have extended family and I've been encouraging the women to not only think about their family and other people but to also think about what they want because when we align our own journey with what we deeply and passionately want for ourselves and our goals and following what we love to do, that's going to have a flow on effect to the family as well. So it's not been just about the big wins, it's been about small wins. And I think we encourage our women to celebrate those small wins because women put so much pressure on themselves and it's like, everyone take a deep breath. You know, we work better when we're under less stress, when we can think clearly, it makes a difference. It absolutely makes a difference. You are so right because often, and this, yeah, often we tend to want to give before we're really in the best position to be able to be giving. And it reminds me of that saying about the, you know, like when you're on an aeroplane and the oxygen masks Mm -hmm. drop down, that you need to put your own oxygen mask on first because you can't help anyone else if you're unconscious. 
Yeah, it's absolutely right. Yeah. And it's a really powerful journey when women do step into self-care and self-acknowledgement and taking away the guilt and shame of wanting things for ourselves. It's really powerful. And so it's something we're slowly working on with our women in our community. And I think we're seeing some benefits from that. Absolutely. And I saw something the other day, I think it was Zig Ziglar that said it, money's not everything, but it's right up there with oxygen. And (laughs) You know, like we need to remind ourselves of that sometimes. Mm, uh, we tend to be, you know, very altruistic, but it's really often sometimes misguided. Yeah, look, a lot of us have deep-seated beliefs and values instilled in us as children. It might have been something our parents said off the cuff or our examples of people doing business might be as a side hustle and they didn't charge much and they weren't necessarily after it for the money. So it's really important to look back and see what our examples of business and, and making money or how people felt about money were. And then it's important for us to establish our own values around money and what it means to us and that it's okay to build wealth. It's okay to make money. We can support our families or support ourselves with money. It's not, we're not evil people because we have a desire to build wealth and to make money. So it's really important for number one, people to acknowledge what their values were growing up around money. And then number two, make a decision and a change about valuing our own wealth and moving forward and making money and that it's completely okay. It's a great thing. I was actually talking to Louise Lucas the other day. She's a mortgage broker and also a Wonder Woman. And we were talking about uh, women asking for a raise at work. And because that's sometimes that's something we sometimes address in the community, because if you're going to be working and you want to, you know, move forward with your property, you need to be getting a decent income to support your borrowing capacity. And what she was saying, and I thought this is so true, she was saying that single women particularly get overlooked and promotions and things that will earn them more income because that they're not supporting a family. Or then, whereas a lot of men, because they have family, even not single women, women that you know might work part time because they're still a carer and don't feel that they can ask for more money. And when they do, often sort of stepped over because there's this ingrained societal attitude that they don't really need it. Yeah, and, you know, I've heard conversations around workplaces that might be predominantly men, and they're asking for a pay rise every week in their weekly meetings. It's very much front of centre. It's very much I need this and I need that and the reasons why, and it's a real cultural shift I'm not saying that we need to do that as women, but we need to stand up and say, hey, yeah, I'm worth it and this is the value I bring, this is what I can do. So it's very interesting. Yeah, it is. Mm. So let's talk about the next thing is I haven't finished my roundup of the profits for 2021, but at this stage it's sitting collectively and we're quite a small group. I think I've probably spoken to less than 20 people and I've got a tally so far of 2.3 million. Amazing. Congratulations, Wonder Woman, if you're listening in. That's really inspiring. It is. And every cent of that matters because, you know, like whether you're someone that made 50,000 or someone that made 500,000, it's the fact that you've actually got out there and decided to do something different and to 
get an amazing result. Yeah, so I think it's really inspiring and yeah now I'm thinking and see lots of projects aren't finished so they'll go into next year's but now I'm thinking we're setting the bar pretty high because it's not a very big group Mm. and yeah so that's amazing. It's so amazing and you know some groups tally their results based on property purchase price so if we did that it'd be way higher. Yeah but I think I personally think it should be profit because that's really where that where we sort of demonstrate what we've actually achieved, which is pretty amazing. So, well, I was going to start with talking about wins when we're doing, we have quarterly calls with our sapphires and our diamonds we speak to uh, regularly, but one of our sapphires, you know, her win was as simple as refinancing her situation. She's gone to her broker, she's refinanced her property portfolio and she's ready. She's got pre-approval for her next purchase. She's got an amount and our conversation was all around, am I looking for something positive cash flow or am I looking for something with capital gain? And, you know, obviously the ideal scenario is somewhere where you can buy a property with both positive cash flow and capital gain, which can be a challenge. But we had a conversation around that. So her win was as simple as, and it's not always simple, refinancing and finding a broker. So she's ready for her next purchase. So congratulations to that Wonder Woman on her amazing job. You're so right. Money is so hard to get at the moment that being able to do that is a big win and it sort of opens the door to the next stage. I really think the timing's perfect because uh, with the interest rates moving up and I know that's made a lot of the market nervous, which for us is an opportunity to find some great deals And, of course, you want to make sure that that deal is, you know, the feasibility is structured well and so that you're taking into account the change in the borrowing environment, but also looking at ways to actually increase your capacity for cash flow and for equity by using those renovation skills. Like we don't like to just buy a property and just let it sit and grow organically because, you know, we don't really expect a whole lot of growth in the next couple of years. So we need to be a bit more creative about it. Yeah, absolutely. Coming back to the sweat equity. So you don't have to do the physical sweating, but you need to do the project management sweating and doing that value add, which is obviously our core strength here at the School of Renovating. Yeah. And also the spreadsheet sweating, making sure that your deal is sound. That's another important aspect of it. Let's go <laughs> regional regional New South Wales. So we've got a great historic renovation, a renovation on a historic house going ahead. And these guys navigating some pretty challenging sort of conditions because that type of property can be a bit of a can of worms. And I'm just really impressed with how they're navigating the challenges, like getting absolutely ridiculous quotes, not being able to get trades and being able to stick with it until they, one, get a quote that's in budget and, two, can get someone really decent to work with in terms of the trades. They've still got a few months to go on that project, so their profit will go into next year. But 
yeah, doing really well. But something that they did that I thought was, you know, well, was quite smart was move out, like just go, I think they're about 40 k's from home. So went a bit further afield because that they couldn't find the right project in their in immediate environment. And mm. so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you definitely have to look further afield sometimes to do the things that the average person wouldn't. So most people want a renovation around the corner, whereas they're prepared to drive that 40 minutes. And we've got other women that will drive a further distance to find that deal and to make it work. So you do need to sometimes step out of your comfort zone. And with regards to trades, it can be overwhelming if you're struggling to find the ideal trades and the ideal quotes. But the key is to get creative. We have a lot of strategies. We teach our women in terms of getting creative and also to, if you are feeling overwhelmed, to take a step back, take some deep breaths, take a day out and then come back with a fresh and focused mind and obviously they can come and talk to us anytime with any challenges they're facing and it's just so rewarding when women can work through those challenges mentally, physically, it can get tiring. So we have lots of ways of working through that and then you reap the rewards at the end once you've done the hard yards. Yeah, it's always hardest when you, one, are on your first ever project and, two, you're on your first ever pro or you're on your first project in a different area mm -hmm. because you don't have that core team of trades because yes. if you're working with a trade regularly, you build up that relationship, they give you priority and it just makes it so much easier. Mm. And so, so, yeah, it's definitely that's it. It's a challenging time in your journey as a renovator. And yeah. I see Cherie, is it Cherie? Cherie uh, Michelle. Yeah, talking about how that's the thing that worries her the most. Yeah. 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 And, you know, you're not alone. We we have many uh, women that feel the same. And, you know, at one point trades might be overflowing towards you and then at another point it might change. And it, we have lots of creative strategies around that and systems that we put in place to keep on top of trades and finding new trades and new networks. And, um, you know, you sometimes never know where those connections will come out of. And that's why I always say that property is a people game. It's connecting with people. It's using your real estate agent or your buyer's agents to potentially find trade. So there's lots of ways of navigating that. And the other thing is really presenting yourself as a professional renovator. So when you present yourself in an organised manner, you know what you want, you've got a clear scope and you go to trades with that. They love that. They're like, oh, you're really organised. I'm like, they love that. They don't want people saying, oh, I really don't know what I want to do here and I don't know what I want to do there. Whereas if you've got a clear scope, a clear guideline, they love that and they're like, right, I know who I'm dealing with here. This person's organised. So it's really about yourself as well and the way you present and the way you talk to trades. And, you know, we can certainly role play that with any women that are struggling with that. Yeah. I love yeah. a bit of role play, Bernadette. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know your style, Michelle. <laughs> love it. I've seen you in the disco gear. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, I'm very partial to a dance, yes. <laughs> I've um, got the disco ball on hand. <laughs> yeah, another thing, really, really important to pay your trades on time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and all our women, I think, do that very well. They know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's our regional New South Wales example and congratulations to her on her wins. In fact, we do have a lot of regional New South Wales projects. We have quite a few regional Victoria projects as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
So the regions are certainly offering some great opportunities. Yeah, definitely. Mm. We also have an inner Brisbane, and this wasn't on our list to chat about, but doing a woman and her partner doing their first project. And, you know, I've just been really proud of the way they've worked through it. And, you know, they've faced challenges, but they've kept smiling and they've got on with the job and, you know, they've learned so much. So yeah, that's a really another wonderful win as well. So do you know where they're at with their project, Michelle? Yeah, I think they're just about at the end of it, to be honest. Oh, um, that happened so quickly. Yeah, they've done they've done really well. They've still got a little bit to go, but they're they're doing fabulous. So yeah, it's been yeah. really great. Well, that's good. And look, not every project goes to plan, and that's a bit of the nature of renovating. Mm. You do need to be able to bend and flex with what's happening. And I think probably luckily, Michelle and I just love a challenge, don't we? Yes, I do. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, yeah so that's what keeps us going really. I was just going to say it gives us a chance to be creative and and problem solve. We love problem solving and at the end of the day you're working with people so what do they need to get where they want to go and to be their best version of themselves as a tradesperson? You know how can we help them and I know I've certainly referred a lot of my trades onto other people and that's something that we can share with our trades in terms of future work uh, and potential work and they always love a good lead even and a good lead is meaning someone that is organized and knows what they want not someone that will get them back five times to try and think about what what happens so yeah. we've got a lot of power in being able to hand them on to other students in our community and sharing that love around yeah exactly and the other thing that I think I'm realizing is that uh, many in the women in our community have skills and that's being shared around too. Like I don't think yeah. Leanne would mind me saying Leanne <laughs> pop up before and Leanne is a town planner in the Hunter Valley and I'm noticing that she's being kept quite busy with Wonder Women projects, which is really awesome to have someone in the community that has an understanding of how we operate and also has a business that supports our women is pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. Oh, another project that we have, which is also in regional New South Wales and probably in a bigger town than the earlier one we yes. talked about, where we have two sisters joint venturing together and they're keeping their retired father very busy. And I'm just really, I really love the idea of a family project, obviously, because we do a lot of them. And I just think, you know, having those generations, even their own kids are involved at some level. And, you know, the idea of a generational project is a really, it's a great way of passing down skills. So their dad has been a, had a plasterboarding business for a long time, like for decades. And he's yeah. not really able to work the way he used to, but he can be site supervisor on their project so he gets a lot of satisfaction out of that and it means that they're able to you know have the peace of mind that it's not and knowing that it's the job's been managed well so I think that's probably a great a good news story. It really is 
you know, for you and I leading by example, showing our children what's possible, incidental conversations about property and investing and potential careers in that. And my, a couple of, or two of my children have said to me they're interested in following in our footsteps and that's humbling and they also need to find their own way. But if you can do projects as a family, it, it's a beautiful thing. It is. You like you. You never stuck for something to talk about at the dinner table. Sometimes I know I I can remember our younger children saying, "Can you please not talk about that again?" You know, because they're so sick of it. Um, yes. But you know, as they've got older, that it's changed. But our mm. eldest Hannah um, has always been big on shares, and mm. she was just not interested in property at all. But mm. she and I did a joint venture a few years ago now. That was her to give her a kick along. And seriously, since then, she has just become manic about it, which is yeah. really hard. Yeah, so. It's so yeah. good. I think, you know, when people see the income potential of the side hustle of renovating or of property in general and someone saying hi if you see it firsthand it, it does make you think oh hang on a minute I can potentially do a renovate an eight-week renovation a four-month purchase time lag by the time I buy and settle and make 50 or 100k versus working a whole year nine to five however many days a, a year with maybe four weeks holiday if you're lucky it does make your brain go oh hang on a minute I know what I'd rather be doing yeah 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 absolutely and and I think for them like they would have bought a house without doing the renovation but it's just given them that much more momentum so they bought in a better suburb and they actually bought a second house very soon after that so it really gave them a lot of yeah a big kick start which and that as a mother that that feels good yeah oh so. yeah it it does because everyone's encouraged to go to university or TAFE and get a job and work for someone else. And, you know, when you can show your children that a business is a property business is possible, it's exciting just to have that inspiration because there's so many, you know, different areas within property as well. So, yeah, it's yeah. very cool. So well done, Hannah. That's a win to her and absolutely. her mama. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Hi to everyone that's joined us. Great to see you here. And if you're watching the replay, excellent as well. I think we need to do a Victorian one. We have got a young woman. I'm saying young because she's under 50. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> she's, she's a lot under 50. She'll laugh when she hears this. Doing a suburb in, in Melbourne. And this is her third project, I think. And so every property that she does to flip, she gets to the end of the project and thinks, oh, maybe I should hold it. And I actually think that's great because, like, I love flipping because it's so adrenaline-charged and it's so exciting to get it finished, to make it really beautiful to get it on the market and be really validated by mm. a result, but it it isn't smart. Like it's a short, very short-term strategy. And so if you're able to hold it, like sometimes it can be seen as a bit of a failure because you've got to hold it. But if you're right. able to hold it, that is the best outcome because you, you know, like when you sell it, you give all that, you, you get some profit, but you give most of it away because... Mm. 
got future growth and so on. So, yeah, so I think that may not be such a bad outcome. Yeah, it's definitely a combination strategy. So a lot of our women start off with flips to get those chunks of cash and also to get the experience up. But then over time you do realise that, yes, it is good to be able to hold some properties and then do the flips as well if that's what where your passion is. Yeah. Like we've got a few women that are giving up their jobs and so in terms of working out that strategy, I always think it's a good idea to do one then the next one hold and just try and always have two projects sort of in the pipeline Mm -hmm. so that you're retaining something that's giving you long-term wealth and for holding I think that I love the idea of the micro development strategy because it just gives you so much more equity and cash flow Mm -hmm. it's not like just buying a you know an investment property and then just having to sit around and wait for it to grow so yeah, I think I definitely think there's there's a place for both. Yeah, and for you know, I know we do have some women on lower incomes or are thinking how how can I ever hold because of the price of properties in their area. And that's when you really need to look outside of your area. So obviously Melbourne and Sydney are typically higher priced areas. You know, you might be needing to look at regional Queensland or, or Perth where prices are are lower. So you just really need to start to think on a national level, knowing that no matter what your income or your borrowing amount is, that there are different properties that might be part of your long-term hold strategy as well as the renovating. So it's good to really think outside of the square of just where you live because there's a whole whole world of properties out there and different strategies that suit those properties because now we know we can renovate remotely as well. It is also important to know, I'm glad you brought up the topic of Queensland because I'd almost forgotten about this, but anyone that oh, yes. owns property in Queensland right now, if you own, you own pro- property that might be subject to land tax, you absolutely need to get up to speed with the new land tax changes in Queensland. So I'm not going to go through them right now because I haven't prepared for that and that would it may not be technically accurate what I tell you but what I do know is that if you own property in Queensland and properties in other states then your land tax bill will be impacted so please get up to speed yeah so that's that yeah yeah awesome and do you want to have a quick chat about what's happening in the market yeah yeah we can where would you like to start well, I think the main thing to start is there's a lot of fear around the interest rate rises and the knock-on effect that that is having in the market or will have. I don't think it's really struck with vengeance. Are you seeing much impact in Adelaide? Look, I think there's a, a few different things happening. So one thing that's happening is I think people are panicking that prices may go down slightly and so therefore if they've been wanting to sell they're popping their properties on the market and that's great because there's an increase in volume. I think the people are buying at not such a hot rate but there's still good amounts of people buying in the market but then prices may have come off ever so slightly but 
you know, as you know, Bernadette, within every area, there's suburbs within suburbs. So there's certain areas that will remain strong and remain hot. And those perhaps less popular suburbs might come off the boil a bit. But, you know, statistically, prices have come off a little bit in um, Melbourne and Sydney. And, you know, I think ever start, we're talking small percentages and Adelaide's percentage is even smaller. So I think, you know, it's a mix of feelings. So I think some people are like, oh, maybe I'll wait and see, wait and see if prices go down. And so therefore, it's potentially a great time to buy because people are waiting to see what will happen. And so the competition isn't there at the moment, I don't think, but that may change over the next few months. It's always a changing market. Yeah, I always think the wait and see attitude, I guess in favour of it, but often people remember the waiting but don't not the seeing. Like I think that you need to keep your eye on the market because if you wait and don't keep an eye on, your, on the market, you will be missing out on the deals that are coming up. And yeah. I get really excited when there are big changes in the market because I know that there will be a lot of people uh, fearful and will, you know, bail out and that provides us with opportunities to pick up a good buy. So, of course, it does mean you need to build extra risk management into your yes. strategy, particularly if you're flipping. You absolutely need to be have your eyes open about what's going on in the market because to not do that would be foolish. But it does mean that there are great opportunities. And I personally would am quite comfortable to flip because I know I'll get a good deal and I'll have plenty of buffer and there yeah. are still people needing lovely new homes, which is what we produce, really. I can't think that aware but not scared, you know, it comes back to feasibilities and, you know, as active renovators, we do need to keep an eye on the market. We need we do need to find out what's happening and we need to be flexible and fluid in our approach. So, okay, let's say prices are changing, we need to cut back on our spending, for example, then or just be more clever with our choices of how high end we go on individual things or or how big the deck might be or, you know, whatever those value adds that you're using. Just have some flexibility in that in case you do need to pivot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. What I do want to do is say if you are thinking about building renovating into your repertoire, and you like the idea of working with some amazingly creative and supportive women, we have got our free workshop coming up. That's the Women in Renovating Workshop. And, yes, we'd love you to come along. So we will include a link below the recording of this session. This will be up until Monday and then then it will come down and it'll be in all our communication over the next couple of weeks because it's only a couple of weeks off. And so come over and join us and have a lot of fun for a few days in our sessions and you'll learn lots of things, particularly around strategy, which is really the basis of managing what's happening. And yeah, well, listen, thanks for joining me, Michelle. Oh, it's always good fun. Thanks for having me and lovely to see everyone that's here. I'll go back in and see who's made comments and joined us. And, yeah, great to connect with everyone. Sherry Michelle saying thank you. Thanks for coming. Yeah, you're welcome. If you want to meet up with a group of savvy renovating 
I shouldn't say it's all women because it's not. Savvy renovators, I'll say. Come over and join She Renovates. It's completely free Facebook group and it is growing at the rate of knots. We hit a thousand members just recently and now it seems to have picked up momentum. And so they are all savvy renovating women and men that are working their little hearts out to live a better life through renovating. Join if you're not already a member and then ask, comment and do whatever you would like to do in order to further your renovation journey. And that's it for me today. So I'll see you next week. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.